0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another issue of Cane and Rinse. In this issue, 448, we will be covering Devil May Cry 5. Joining me, Joshua Garrity, in this issue is James Carter. Hello! And Leah Haydu.
1: Pin him to the wall, Kanji. He's just looking at me. I don't don't think that works too well. (laughs) Please,
0: Please don't set Kanji on us. (laughs)
1: it's fine he's very adorable he'd just sit down and wait for you to feed him he wouldn't get very far
0: (laughs) so in case you weren't aware devil may cry 5 is the latest entry in capcom's over-the-top tongue-in-cheek combo driven character action series where you take control of dante traditionally the face of the series nero Uh, first appeared in Devil May Cry 4 and newcomer V as they battle through waves of demons and bosses and climb a tree Um, we've we've covered Devil May Cry in the past Uh, we covered Devil May Cry 3 in issue 63 god that's so long ago (laughs) Um, and um, DMC uh, Devil May Cry in issue uh, 92 Um, So some background information on this one, um, obviously developed uh, by Capcom, published by Capcom. Um, uh, Series mainstay, uh, the director on this one is Hideaki Itsuno, uh, series mainstay, um, also uh, credited on Devil May Cry 2, 3, 4 and Dragon's Dogma. A couple of other people who uh, have joined him along his adventures from Devil May Cry and Dragon's Dogma. Uh, Yuchiro uh, Kida um, is the lead designer on this one. And uh, writer on this one is uh, Bingo uh, Morahashi, also writer on Devil May Cry 4 and Dragon's Dogma. Um, There are a couple of other names that are uh, are important as well, but I do also want to mention the composer... Uh, Kota uh, Suzuki, um, who's responsible for the music in this outing. Um, the engine is the RE engine, uh, you know, first made famous in Resident Evil 7 and has been used in multiple uh, Capcom titles since. This was released on PC, Xbox One, PS4 in March of 2019 and has very, very recently had a special edition release um, which allows you to play. As Virgil, and also has the Dark Knight uh, difficulty mode, which makes you fight hundreds and thousands of enemies. Maybe <laughs> that's an exaggeration, it's but not quite a off. few enemies on <laughs> uh, quite a few enemies on screen at once. Um, and that released on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S uh november of this year physical version coming in december 2020 and i believe the pc version uh will have an update to the special edition uh not too long in the future um reviews on this were uh very positive um open critic has it at 89 percent um and user reviews were equally positive um, with imdb uh positioning it at eight point seven out of 10. Um sales on this were uh pretty good um overall. So as of February 2020, Capcom confirmed that the game had sold over 3.1 million units, uh and this will likely be even higher since the new next gen version of the the game has come out. And I, I've got this um this quote from a uh forum contributor. Uh demouth says, I had no idea how to devil may cry before I played this game. Having lock-on sorts of moves and not lock-on moves felt so strange and alien until I got to grips with it. And then suddenly, it was some of my favourite wild nonsense to play. There's few greater feelings than figuring out that Nero's air taunt is essentially a triple jump. The cowboy hat is great. Playing with action figures and dressing in dumb outfits to reenact cutscenes is even better. Now, that last line is in reference to some amazing... Uh, behind the scene, vi- uh, behind the scenes videos from the uh, uh, Devil May Cry Five development team, where they actually uh, acted out all of the cutscenes that are in the game in live action with uh, people making the game with action figures. They just figured out all the camera work, all of the choreography in these amazing live action videos, and then translated it into CG. All of it's available on YouTube I highly encourage anyone who's listening to this who hasn't seen them to go and watch them because they are just amazing let, let's talk about our histories with the series um, um just keep you know keeping in mind that we have covered um, earlier entries in the series but just like to give people some context of where we're coming from with, with this entry um let, let's start with Leah
1: yeah, so I wasn't actually on the team yet when you all covered the other series entries, so, uh, you yeah, know, I, I, I'm brand new to uh, to this particular uh, podcast grouping. Um, but I, like I kind of alluded to uh, just a minute ago, I have played a few of the entries in the Devil May Cry series. I've played one, I've played uh, four, and uh, DMC, the reboot, uh, and some of three, but I never actually finished it. So I... You know, I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, I I like these kinds of games, but I wouldn't say that I'm especially good at them. Uh, I'm kind of in it for I'm, I'm kind of in it for the anime, to be honest with you. And it's not literal anime, but it has the same kinds of things that that I like about that. Uh, you know, it's got a kind of off the wall storyline. It's got a lot of really extreme action and goofy costumes, and just not. Things that are played sometimes very seriously that are not serious at all, um, and that appeals to me a lot. And and with the exception of, I would say, well, I, I guess there's several exceptions. Probably the uh, the earlier games in the series would be uh, the the most difficult for me because they didn't have quite as much. Um, not, not even assist because I don't really use the assist modes. Um, but they, they didn't seem to flow as well for me in just the way that I play games. And now after I finished uh, Devil May Cry Five, I actually did go there. There's a, there's always a PSN sale, but I, I picked up the, uh, the trilo- the HD Remaster trilogy for the PS4. Um, so I, I might go back and, and try those again. But um, I found it more difficult in some of the earlier games to really get through the game without. Being kind of good at at the game, and I, I still wouldn't say that I necessarily am. But uh, in in some of the later entries, I think it makes it a little bit easier to, even if you don't really know what you're doing, uh, for combo based action to kind of get a feel for it and and improve a little bit and and get better at uh getting through the game. By not exactly button mashing, but kind of working your way through combos without having to like study moves lists or anything. It's the same kind of problem I I tend to have with like fighting games. Um, so yeah, the, kind of the farther along in the series I've gotten, the the better that's gotten for me. And I think five, uh, which I've played uh, over the past couple of weeks, has uh, kind of reached, uh, if not exactly the sweet spot, it has. Uh, it has done a pretty good job of that for me.
2: So cool. James, what about you? Um, so yeah, this game had a bit of an uphill battle, I have to say. Um, my first, my first play of it, um, I did play the demo and enjoyed that. But then this time, well, no, August last year, I actually got the uh, got a pass to get onto uh, Project XCloud, and I figured I would try Devil May Cry Five, which was a little bit of kind of. Um, just trying to see what the limits of that technology were, yeah. and and a little bit of just kind of tongue in cheek. Okay, let's see how let's see if this game can actually do this. Um, it wasn't a fun experience. Um,
1: I imagine not. <laughs> no, no, it, it
2: wasn't a fun experience at all. It was on my phone, so small screen. Um, the latency was really bad. You just get a lot of dropped inputs. Um, and then th- knowing that the special edition was going to be coming out, knowing that I was going to have a PlayStation Five to play it on. I volunteered myself for this show and gave myself now a a week or so to to play this um, since uh, picking it up on PlayStation 5, which I was able to do today. Finished today, I should say this morning. Cool.
0: Awesome. So I've covered a lot of my history with the devil may cry uh, series in, in previous issues. So I, I mean, to, basically summarize i'm i'm basically a fair weather devil may cry fan in that the entries that i like i really really like but like obviously devil may cry 2 is uh, i uh, don't play it um and devil may cry 4 i think genuinely like the first half of that game i think is great and then And then the second feels- half
1: is the first half in reverse.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is not bad, but it just feels like why why are we doing this? Um and I was I really embraced the change that Ninja Fury brought to the table because I felt like they retained um the, the kind of core of the series while striking out and, and refreshing it. And and you know, this is a time where Bayonetta has you know, come to the fore. And it was kind of doing what Devil May Cry did best already. So I I genuinely felt like the series needed to do something to stand out with that kind of competition um, out there. Um, So similar to James, I kind of felt like Capcom's announcement at at first for Devil May Cry 5. I took it as a middle finger to that title Um, and just like almost like when you know, um, more recently, uh, Disney announced that J.J. Abrams was back um, to do the next Star Wars film. It felt like erasure of what had had been done previous. Like, forget about that; that doesn't matter. Now we're doing the one for the fans, and that just really, uh, it, yeah, it it, it it was not a good first impression. But the more stuff that came out, the the more it started to win me over. Like, I, despite like really liking DMC, uh DMC Devil May Cry. Free free is still my favourite. I think in terms of having like this awkward, uh early noughties, over the top angsty aesthetic, like it's weirdly despite all that, like weirdly ageless. Um I find it uh, infinitely replayable and I find the personality of that game um has like even though it's adolescent, is kind of adolescent in a kind of universal, timeless way that I find appealing. Yeah, it's, and yeah seeing... it's a good thing
1: that they grew out of that angsty phase by Devil May Cry Five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: um, but um, I, yeah, I, I just I liked the the kind of personality that was coming off of the trailers, and I liked that even though um, they'd gone for this super. Uh, photo photoreal kind of visual style the kind of anime-ness that leo was talking about is still very much in the dna of this title um and i i was looking forward to a return to that kind of that very kind of complicated combo driven combat that i i love from three and four and this is not to you know, discredit what DMC did, I think that game has strengths in other areas. But I do think um like that that kind of specific area was something that the older titles were slightly better at. And a return to that and a deepening of that was something that I was I was really here for. Um so I didn't pick it up at launch. I kind of wanted to wait and and get a sense of like the reception on it. But about like, I don't know, three or, or four months later it was in a sale. And I think it was, like, 25% off or, you know, it was just an excuse, basically. I I knew I wanted to play it. Um, And uh, I I rinsed it in a week or two. Um, And, yeah, we'll talk about how I felt about it now. Um, So the setup. um, And I have to say, like, in terms of actual plot points, this game is pretty light. There's lots of character stuff, but if you actually lay out what happens in terms of events, it's pretty, pretty slim picking. Yo, this tree is
1: pretty bad, huh? Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah, it. pretty much. I it. it's, that's <laughs> pretty much, basically yeah. Basically so, the whole, the whole uh, conceit.
2: It's, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's three, maybe six people walking slash driving along a path towards a tree, bumping into one yuck. another occasionally yeah it's exactly what happened, just flashbacks here and there but honestly i lost track of what day it was they kept flashing the date up lost track of all that it didn't matter
1: the story to me it it just seems kind of like an excuse to do the character work really Uh, i mean they you know it's it's to give them things to punch and kick and hit with swords and shoot shoot birds at and, and etcetera. Et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And quit at yeah. while they are working through their literal daddy issues. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah, I I I didn't I didn't hate the story. I mean, it's fine. It's just that wasn't really the game for me.
0: It, it, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it, it absolutely serves its purpose, right? I I feel like story in these games usually exists purely to provide context for the action and that's exactly what it does yeah. um and i think the games where um i get frustrated with the story um is when um they get a little bit too too obsessed with the lore and too obsessed with the the finer details i think devil may cry 4 really suffers from like really like going for the melodrama yeah. with um, with uh, Nero and Kyrie, who's not even on... It, like It's wild. Nero has a conversation Tori. with towards her towards off screen. End, yeah. It's
2: wild, uh, that character. Like, at one yeah. point it says, oh, Kyrie will kill you. She won't. She'll never see you again <laughs> because apparently she doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is she his arm? Is that what's happened of the bionic commando this? <laughs> Maybe. Oh,
1: that'd be cool, though, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be great, yeah. Uh, I mean,
2: we we haven't laid,
0: I because it's just so slight. We might as well just lay it, lay it out. Yeah. Um, so essentially, the the kind of instigating event is that uh, Urizen, uh, the the wannabe uh, demon king, has unleashed this demonic tree uh, on <laughs> Redgrave City, which is sucking the blood out of its citizens yeah. to create a special kind of fruit um which basically gives whoever devours it divine powers i mean ultimately all the plot that we're going how why does this work it's all just an excuse to have a final boss battle with virtual again twice and i find
2: yeah maybe yeah, three times exactly. i don't know what kind of maybe three times.
0: <laughs> it's it's just it, it strikes me mm. as weird just because like just taking Devil May Cry 3 as an example, that game is silly, that game is adolescent, that game is over the top, but characters' motivations and purpose within the plot is always consistent. Um, Like, we're kind of drifting towards this, but, like, ladies' presence in the plot of Devil May Cry 3 actually serves a purpose and is actually really, really important, whereas we just have plot threads in this that exist to set up cool moments and characters who are in this plot for fan service. And I mean that in both the traditional sense of the word and the anime unfortunate use of that word, because I feel like lady and Trish's role in this, in, in this game is purely to provide, Fan service in both senses of that word.
1: What you mean is that they get separated from Dante, and when they show back up, they are, of course, naked. Uh, So, yeah, Yeah. yeah, let's just just be explicit about that. (laughs) They fall out of demons
0: and butts. Uh,
2: It's so... Literally, why are they here?
0: Yeah, why are they here? That's
1: the thing. It's like, I... I don't, I don't have a problem with, you know, characters being sexualized or whatever in this yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, that's, it is what it is. You know, these characters are, have not, they have had more of a role than this before. Mm. Uh, and I mean, Trish in particular is a demon, right? So yep. like she, you know, she is, she's not shy about sexuality and that's, that's fine, whatever. That's not the part that I have a problem with. Part that I have a problem with is that they're they're not they don't have any reason to be there like Dante yeah. makes a comment at one hand about uh because i I think Trish and lady are fighting I, I I think that might be before the uh before the second orzen fight um i'm I'm not sure about numbers but um they get there first and are fighting him and, and, you know, Dante kind of makes a comment about how, oh, these are two of the toughest women in the world and there's only one other guy who can beat them. And obviously he's talking about himself, yeah. but, like, what? why Why are they there? Like, they don't do anything especially yeah. Yeah. significant. No. You can't play as them. You don't fight against them. At least... Um, they don't have any particular uh, least, role in
2: the story or in yeah, combat. Yeah, at least or, Nico, yeah,
1: you know, I, Nico. I don't think is a fantastic character, but at least she has a role. You know, yep. she's your shopkeeper yeah. yeah. and and everything, and that's and that's fine. You know, cool. And Lady and Trish are just kind of there because they're supposed to be there, yeah. and and people would and ask if they I weren't.
2: Th- people would ask where they were. Yeah, if
1: they I I yeah. wish that they either weren't there or had some kind of other role. You know, like if if you could yeah. play as one of them, or if you know if they if they were worked into the story at all instead of being exposition boxes, which is kind of yeah. what they are.
2: <laughs> it's even more weird because this game, which we'll probably touch on later, but it has a system whereby at times where you would choose one or other of the characters to fight and other times where in the story you're you're explicitly given one uh, character to fight as and then mm-hmm. you will fight as the other in a parallel mission afterwards.
1: Which I liked, by the way. It brings other cool.
2: players in... And you can kind of sometimes sort of out the corner of your eye, see them in the background, and then you rate them on the style that you didn't get to really see much of. But that's by the by. You've got people fighting next to you. It doesn't seem out of the realms of possibility, even if they didn't want to make Lady and Trish playable, which obviously comes with a load of difficulties in terms of balancing. And we've already got four playable characters in the special edition, etc., etc. Seems like they could have been there. It seems like you didn't have to just see them getting punched to the ground when you enter an arena and then just left on the ground until they appear naked three missions further on down the line.
0: One positive I, I want to end um this section on is I vastly prefer Nero in this game than I do um uh in Devil May Cry mm. four. I think they did a better job of making an argument for him kind of taking taking Dante's crown and carrying the series forward here. Mm. Than they did in Devil May Cry four. He hadn't he has now uh a lot of the the personality, the humor, the the boisterousness that has made this series what it is and has dropped a lot of the self-seriousness, the the melodrama and frankly like boring. Romantic plot line um, for that, that that kind of dragged down the experience of Devil May Cry Four for me and mm. that character in Devil May Cry Four. Mm. So if like if there's one character that I think was done done some justice in this, I think it's Nero, and I'm I'm happy for him to if if that was the intention to set him up as the kind of mainstay for for the the series going forward.
2: Yeah, and I mean he gets as much screen time as dante in this game obviously he did in four but that was it felt almost begrudging it was the reason i mentioned um raiden um or i guess raiden sorry from uh mgs is that there's that kind of resentment oh i have to play as this character instead of the one i really want to play as i didn't feel that this time around i really didn't i thought his um the way he was presented as a character, I'd love to know what changed between between him being that kind of angsty, emo, fairly juvenile and naive kid from DMC four to now being set up on his own, seemingly running some kind of garage. The first time we see him, he's, you know, repairing the the van um, with Kiri still, but also having working relationship with Nico. He's developed his own life outside of just being, oh, I'm in this Obviously, evil church and, and unaware of it, apparently. Um. So I think there is backstory there that obviously is skipped out between the two games. But yeah, it it just left it a little bit jarring as to what happened between those two versions of Nero, what made the difference there. Um. But yeah, I I liked him in this, and I I liked him probably a bit more than it sounds like you did in in four. I was just aware that he was a kind of slightly annoying. Um angsty, uh, like teenager, essentially, uh, in that game. Um.
0: Let's talk about the game part of this game. Um, I'm going to start us off with uh, uh, a forum post from John Cheatham. I love how this combat system is so incredibly deep and refined that you can learn it the way people seem to learn fighting games, creating impressively choreographed combos like Sun High Legend Or you can pick up a few moves that work for you and button mash your way through most encounters. However far you're prepared to go with memorizing what the characters can do, it always makes what you're doing feel amazingly cool. There is also a mighty fine selection of boss battles which are a lot of fun. V was the surprise breakout of the game for me. I didn't know how a summoner would work with a Devil May Cry game's frenetic battles, but he is actually a very engaging twist on the formula. Plus, he will read you GCSE poetry at the press of a button. Here's hoping he was Hideaki Itsuno's trial run for a summoner class in Dragon's Dogma 2. The only wrinkle for multiple playthroughs is how repetitive the environments become in the game's second half. While the early levels in the city and metro, as well as the one or two stately buildings, are gorgeous, the repetitive corridors of the late game quickly get boring, despite the RE engine's suitability for rendering all things mouldering and squishy. Yeah, so... I, I kind of actually want to start off on that point because um, we we can we can talk about the the combo uh, the combo driven combat for quite a while I think, but the the environments the the kind of levels in this game, I I felt like this was my biggest kind of gameplay disappointment. In that, he, I agree. A lot of these places feel the same, look the same, and are basically uh, straight lines. Now, that's not, you know, in a game like Final Fantasy Thirteen, I really ripped that game apart for, you know, do- doing that. But I don't think this is as great a sin in this style of action game because, honestly, exploration uh, environments, they're not the core of the experience, whereas I think in RPGs that sense of place is really important. Um, so it's not like it, it's not a huge flaw, but... Um, But when I compare it to Devil May Cry 1, when I compare it to Devil May Cry 3, which have that more kind of Resident Evil puzzle box approach to environments and level design, this feels like a step down. And then when you compare it to DMC Devil May Cry, which may not have had that kind of puzzle box design, but was hugely creative uh, aesthetically when it came to the environments um, it feels like a step down there as well. Like what 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 did you two think about this?
1: I thought I I did notice that the backgrounds got a little bit repetitive. And in some places that does actually kind of make sense because you are playing as the as different characters going through the same kind of stretch of uh, of road, so to speak. Um but it didn't bother me that much because this is not a very long game, uh, and you're not spending huge amounts of time in any one section really the part that i really started to notice it mm. would have been kind of the very tail end like maybe the last quarter of the chapters when you're really just kind of running down one section of tree fighting some dudes going through a tree vein i, I don't i don't really know <laughs> what they're supposed to be but the uh the like blood tubes, yeah roots that or whatever through. they're meant to be absolutely. yeah and then and then they spit you out, and you do kind of the same thing again, yeah. go through another route. And then it, 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 that part felt a little bit padded to me, um, just because you aren't really doing anything noticeably different in a lot of those sections. But the fact that a lot of it takes place in similar environments was not that big a deal breaker for me.
2: Obviously, my touchstones are, are mostly, uh, DMC one, four, and then, and then DMC Devil May Cry. And, I was surprised by how much I felt the initial city scenes reminded me of DMC to the point where I I was almost thinking is is that a big part of what they've taken because you've got it's different it's not an alternate dimension kind of bleeding through uh, and giving kind of demonic aspects to a, a sort of mundane cityscape um, because it's it's an organic sort of tree root and stem uh, growing up through a city. But it definitely had that feel to it in a way that then left me a bit disappointed by the what felt like a little bit of lack of imagination when you're making your way to the the Clifot, um down to the roots etc. Because it it did it was just organic linear paths and to the point where a lot of them have um, invisible walls um, where it looks like you you might be able to go and kind of climb and move around but no it's just invisible walls there. So it is very much, this is made to look pretty, but actually it's hiding a really simple corridor uh, and then boss room or uh, combat room um, arena. And yeah, I guess it's one of those of, there are aspects of exploration, but if that's not really the point of the game, you could strip it out. And I mean, you could just go full fury and strip out everything but the boss fights and still get the kind of combat aspect. So I, I get why they need something in there to break it up because you want to pace out the fights but i didn't find it particularly inspiring i definitely found like this was one of the things i looked at and thought oh wow this feels really old school like they went for we just wanted to do like old school dmc again maybe it's a technical limitation to make sure it stays at you know uh consistent 60 uh frame uh frame rate um and the the bloodroot uh, transport is I mean that's squeezing through a narrow pathway that's a loading screen uh, you know I kind of come to terms with that but um, it, it doesn't help it not feel repetitive certainly um, yeah old school is kind of the the nicest I can be about it it felt like okay when we're doing something for next gen or now current gen let's look at this and make it something different because it, it yeah it feels like it's a bit dated uh to be honest
0: it's funny that you say dated because for me it's like i would have preferred if it was like straight up devil may cry free level design because even though that's still not it's still not current it's still not kind of um paying attention to kind of current trends in the genre at least it would be something interesting this just felt like it just felt like obviously we'll talk about what i think the focus of this game is but i it it felt like it wasn't a real major concern for development and it was just sidelined and and that's why it feels the way it does um and i i would love for them next time to actually give more time to this because as much as it's not like the, the, you know, bread and butter of these kind of experiences, I know it can elevate these experiences based purely on my favorite examples of the genre when I think about Bayonetta and, and obviously earlier entries in this series. So, yeah. So let's talk about the characters that you you take control over now. Um, So there are three playable um, characters in the base game. There are four in the special edition. I am going to get James, because I haven't played the special edition, I'm going to get James to explain uh, Virgil uh, to me and Leah in a bit. Um, But um, let's first of all talk about Nero. He's the first character you uh, take control over. Um, So some cat like some uh, mechanics that have um you know been taken from his previous entry and we've got the red queen again and the red queen has the really cool exceed mechanic which if you don't know is essentially he's got a motorcycle engine in his sword um and if you charge it up it does extra damage but there's also like an interesting, almost like um, Gears of War active reload system, where if you time the button press with attacks, you can automatically fill it up with one charge, um, which I, you know, that's, I, I really like that mechanic. Um, and, but the, I think the kind of new and exciting stuff is the devil breaker arms um which replaces or at least replaces for the majority of the first playthrough the the devil bringer that he has in four what do you, what are your what are your two thoughts on the devil breaker arms and and how it changes up the experience here
1: so what I tended to do was just go with uh, there's an option um when you um go into each level that uses uh, Nero, um, you have an option to just let me go pick your loadout for you, uh, and that's what I tended to do because there's a lot of options, and I um, I didn't feel like I had really a good enough grasp on what the options were, and I think I suspect that this uh, would probably go a little bit further um, in higher difficulty levels um because i just found a couple that i liked and mostly just used those um so uh and and often i didn't really pick up the so so when you when you um are using the arms Um, You have a set number that you can take in with you and when you uh, or if you break them, which you can do either by getting hit whilst you're using them or um, you can intentionally like kind of detonate them and and do a sort of high power special attack that then destroys the arm as well. You can pick up more in the um, uh, in the. Uh, levels themselves, uh, just uh, they'll be lying around, and you can uh, you can pick them up. I didn't find myself doing that very often because while I'm quite sure that there is um, a-, a way to go through a lot of the uh, the combos that you can pick up, um, kind of swapping between different kinds of-, of arms, I would carry multiple ones in with me, but. I didn't really swap between them that much, unless I broke an arm at some point, either intentionally or or not, and I didn't do it intentionally very often. Um, the the one that I had was kind of the one that I was using for most of the the uh the level. So, short answer to that is, it seems like a really cool mechanic that you don't necessarily have to use, and I don't think that I got as much out of as I probably could have.
2: I kind of echo that. I, I love the idea. I I love the idea that. Nero's had his his um, devil bringer taken away. He no longer has the arm. He needs something that fulfills the same purpose, which it does. You can grapple enemies to you, or for bigger enemies, you grapple to them. Really standard kind of grapple hook meta- mechanic, um, and I, I loved that. I loved the the devil bringer um, in DMC four. I thought it was a really nice way of giving him his own unique kind of uh, play style um and i I really liked the idea here that he would have a mechanical replacement, and why would that only be limited to those um those mechanics? you can make them different and I like the fact they 're consumable. I think that 's a really cool way of saying no you can 't just have your four or five or six slots and just dynamically kind of shift between them at least i don't you can 't just choose which one you have if you don 't want the one you 've currently got, you want the next one. you can break it. And that means there's a certain amount of sacrifice with getting to the devil breaker you want to use in a particular fight or in a for a particular enemy. That's really cool. It's got this, like, uh, risk-reward... Not risk-reward, but, like, sacrifice-reward-type system, um, which, again, I really like. The problem is it just has that rocket launcher and Resident Evil-type effect, which is I'm going to jealously hoard the... Um, The ammo because I don't want to later down the line feel like I've wasted it. So I often didn't want to voluntarily break the arm I was using to get to the next one because I was worried I would run out or not have the right one I wanted later on. So I definitely did not explore using the specific ones at specific times. Literally, the only time I think I did it was a boss fight that I um, was in today with Nero, um, the Malthus boss fight where I happened to spot on the ground in front of me a punchline and realised that if I um, staggered the boss, I could get up there, fire off the punchline, and just have it zooming in and out. It's a rocket fist, essentially. It'll zoom around the enemy just punching away whilst you're also attacking, which is a really nice um, thing to do when you've staggered a boss because you get extra damage. I think that was the only time I actually thought, wow, I've got the right arm here. I'll use it. Other than that, it was just if i was getting to the end of a combo and thought i might get staggered i would just hit the circle button to attack with it because most of them interrupted an enemy that was coming for you usually so i just did that whether that was because i was being swarmed so the um is the rawhide one whips or throws a whip around you um or the gerbera one i think is that um does the electric attack i can't i might have the name wrong on that one um so yeah, I really like the idea. In practice, I feel like I'd need to be a lot better of a player to actually be more intentional with it, which is much as, um, as Leah says. The tutorial in this game is ridiculous. I felt that a year ago when I played it on xCloud. I felt it again now. It's every 30 seconds there's another card coming up with like three pages worth of information on what buttons you should be pressing. It's too much and it's really badly delivered. And i don't necessarily feel like they do a good job of easing you into the devil breaker system either uh, to work out how to get the most out of it
0: so i i think i, I I'm probably the most positive um on mm. them here then um i I really really love the the devil breaker arms um simply because um I feel like they 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 made the conscious decision when designing these free playable characters that they would all represent very kind of sp- specific roles within the kind of spectrum of this style of game and Nero is very specialised he's got one sword one gun um, and it's about the kind of it's he's a mariana trench right like he has a very he has very limited breadth in what he can do but with the mechanics that he has there's a lot to explore and a lot to to discover and and um there's a lot of depth there to be mined from those those um specific weapons that he has but he he was and, and this is true of Devil May Cry 4 he's missing that kind of just extra little something special that makes fights a little bit more unique individual instance fights and introducing the devil breaker adds that little bit of spice, that little bit of difference, that little bit of variety in between all the multiple encounters that you have. And I kind of viewed it that way um, is it's like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of just going to see what devil breakers are out there on the field and experiment and and see how they they change the way I play for the encounters within this chapter, um, and I love that. And I think like with boss battles specifically, James, you already mentioned the 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 strategy with with uh, stunned enemy uh, stunned bosses, but um, like just being able to there's one devil breaker in particular that basically supercharges your your sword so it's like fully ablaze all the time um and just being able to crack that open during like the last section of a particularly difficult boss was such a like ah, yeah that feels good that feels great so i think like for me um like taking because a lot of the, the the way he controls a lot of the combos in fact are carryovers from Devil May Cry Four, and all of those things feel good. I think the devil Breaker arms add that one thing that was missing that uh, Dante had over Nero, that feeling of variety, that feeling of of excitement. And introducing that one thing without sacrificing what the core of the character is, I think was a like real masterstroke. I really love this mm. system. So um, let's go on to talk about the most unique uh, playable character in this title. But before we express our views, I just want to re- read this post from the forum. Um, so Simply Wonderful says... You've gotten used to how Dante plays over four, five games, and Nero has always been easy to grasp. But the biggest addition to combat is everyone's favourite goth boy, V. V feels like everything that DMC isn't. With V, you have to put yourself before the enemies, whereas with other characters, that's less of a worry. Um... I was actually when I first read this a little bit confused by what um simply wonderful meant. I believe what he means is you have to think defensively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can't just so go in offensively. Yeah. 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 You want to stay so, away
1: from the uh, from the enemies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh so vulnerable with a capital V. Our new kid on the block takes a back seat while he lets his minions do all his dirty work. There is something about the DMC type quirks like reading poems while enemies meet their demise which makes me smirk but his gameplay just feels way too simple it makes sense for the story but it just isn't as fun to play as Nero or Dante I understand everything it represents but it just slows down the fun I never found myself choosing V when I had the option to pick Nero or Dante and I think that speaks for his plot line as well Without saying much, if you can guess where V's story is heading from his first couple of scenes, you're not alone. So, yeah, V, um, I'm going to start us off here. I kind of get where uh, Simply Wonderful is coming from, but I think I really just appreciated the change of pace and variety that V kind of provided. Um, I I found myself getting S-Rank's, way more readily with V than any of the other two um, characters. And it's not because I was particularly good. Uh, I wasn't. V just, like, controlling Griffin, con- controlling Shadow, and controlling Nightmare, just, for, like, as um, as Simply Wonderful said, from a back seat, and just letting them go combo mad. It's really easy to just, I found, to just decimate the enemy but that was so much fun. Um, so much fun just seeing Shadow kind of leap in there and and spin a, spin his tail to you know swap people into the air to have Griffin kind of snipe people from a distance and and then summoning in Nightmare to finish people off. And I love the final blow mechanic as well. I love like okay, I need to take a risk here and just take this you know chess piece off the off the board. Um, yeah. I I don't think V is going to be, like, anyone's, like, choice in terms of, like, skill-based combo video, you know, like, uh, Sun Sun High's videos on Twitter. Like, he's not going to be, like, everyone's favorite pick in that regard because he's just not as showy and he's just not as complicated. But as a break in between characters who focus uh, on that kind of stuff, I think he worked wonderfully.
1: Yeah, I I actually would agree with that. Um I I think the it's a different type of combo system than than with Nero or uh, or Dante uh because you're rather than using different moves on the same character, you are using moves of different types on two different characters. So like where you would be doing your uh, your sword hits maybe uh, interspersed with your uh your well in in uh, in Nero's case with your uh with your devil bringer hits um you have those coming from two different literal positions like you know you have one who is up in the air and you have one that's down on the ground and it's those i mean those characters do get different moves themselves, but by and large their role is a lot less flexible than the role of a dante or an or nero so i i mean it I I also found it pretty pretty easy to get my head around, um, and I don't think anybody's saying that it's especially difficult. Although I I don't know maybe maybe James will, but I kind of doubt it. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think that um, well when when you do have the opportunity to choose characters, I kind of tried to spread my choices out. Um, but I did use V for one of the ones where you get to choose, and I thought it worked out pretty well. Uh, I I it is. I think that it would be more difficult for me to enjoy personally if you had to do a whole lot of worrying about keeping V out of the line of fire. As it stands, if you are utilizing your your um, your summons properly, I never found that to really be a problem. He wasn't getting hit very often, uh, which is kind of the point and, and how you get to the... Um, the higher combo levels and the the advanced combat ratings i think that when i got i don't think i ever actually managed to get the triple s rank rating but i did get double s's a couple of times and i think that every time i did it was with b so um yeah it's it's uh i thought that he was enjoyable to play but maybe not for those who really want to get into the skill-based bits of things
2: i can echo what um you've both said here i think because you are so focused on keeping yourself away from uh enemies i think that's why i certainly found as well it was easier to get up to s ranks earlier in the game with v than it was with nero or then with dante just because when i'm mid combo i just i don't spot the enemy that's about to take a swipe at me until it's just a second too or a split second too late whereas with v i'm never that in that much in the action to get into that position, um, but uh, I, unlike you, Leah, I, because of that kind of distance combat and because of a couple of things I'll mention in a second, I also never came close to really to getting a double S rank with um, V because I was never able to apply pressure to the enemies consistently enough to get there. I was getting S's all the time, but I never the the double um, S ranks I got were. Um, Nero and Dante, and then actually Virgil, when we get to him, um, found that much easier because of the speed of attack and because you can you can apply pressure in a different way. Um, and part of the reason for that is um, two things. First of all, when you dodge and dash away from the action to keep V safe, it utilizes one of your familiars. So if you dash uh, forward or back... Um, Griffin picks you up and moves you, and if you dash side to side, Shadow comes and and moves you from side to side. He uh, essentially goes under your feet and moves you around, um, the same as when you're running. So that immediately, when you're having to remove yourself out of the way, prevents you from one type of attack in your in your offense. So it limits the the amount you can keep pressure on. Um, and the other thing was with Shadow way more than with Griffin, but with Griffin occasionally. I found they would reset to my position sometimes instead of the enemy I was wanting them to attack. I don't know if that was, I was getting too far away from the enemy, but the number of times I would be mid combo with shadow and then it would just appear next to me and I'd be like, Oh, um, could you go over there mate and actually attack the enemy please. And occasionally it would happen with Griffin as well, particularly if I was trying to do, uh, the AOE attack, uh, the kind of back or forward and, um, square where it, Um, uh, Griffin charges and then releases an AOE occasionally I'd try to do that and he would start off next to the enemy but by the time he was releasing it he would have warped back to me um, and that interrupted my attack quite a bit there so I echo what you guys said I really liked this as a good way to show that different styles of combat work in this game but I never felt like I could reach the heights or never kind of got uh, as good with the um, I kind of started off at a decent level and just kind of stuck there.
0: Uh, yeah. James, um, earlier you mentioned that you found uh, some aspects of this game a little bit, would it be fair to say, overwhelming? Oh, for sure.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I. I um, yeah. So what did you think of Dante? I have always <laughs> struggled with Dante. I struggled with Dante in DMC4. Um, uh, earlier on... Um, Simply Wonderful said, you've gotten used to how Dante plays over four or five games. Well, some people have. Anyone who's not (laughs) played all four or five of those games really hasn't. And this game, my biggest criticism of this game, I think it does a horrible job of bringing newcomers in. I don't particularly like the tutorials, as mentioned. I don't actually think the difficulties are great. I never came. The only time I had to use a golden orb in the entire game, I was only playing on human difficulty, which is not assisted mode, but it's the lowest of the. This is the mode they say, "Oh, this is for newcomers to Devil May Cry."
1: Also, also yeah, what I played on. For I the did fourth. not
2: come close to dying anywhere through this game until the very last fight with Nero uh, uh, against Virgil. I had to use one golden um, orb then. I was just a crew. I must have had pocketfuls of golden orbs. I never used any kind of um, healing or rescue item up until that point, and I used one then. But I also didn't feel I had a good enough grasp of the combat. I wasn't getting like ridiculous high rankings or anything to warrant me thinking, well, just stick up the difficulty. I really didn't feel comfortable with the gameplay, so all they'd done is turn down the amount of damage the enemies were doing to me, allowing me to not have to worry about dying, which absolutely meant that I could kind of skate through not using all of the abilities of all of the characters. Even um, Nero, even V, there was stuff where I was just like, like exceed and revving the um, the Red Queen. I just didn't do it that much. I was like, I'll focus on. Here's the four or five. Moves and combos that I want to focus on i 'll focus on doing that and ignored a lot of stuff, which means for Dante by the end of the game, I was just pulling weapons off of his loadout just to get rid of them because i didn 't want to have to cycle past them dr Faust, no thanks move on i, I don 't want it
1: I actually had a very similar uh experience just difficulty mm. wise I also used a gold orb exactly yeah. once uh, mine was in the dante versus virgil fight rather than the nero versus virgil fight um but other than that pretty much exactly the same like i had tons of those things by the end um and you know a lot of health and a lot of devil trigger and i i don't i don't have a problem with playing games on easy difficulties because Mm -hmm. most of the time i just want the experience with some exceptions but in this one the it felt like maybe there should have been one more mode from the beginning and i know that you unlock additional modes but it it i i can't speak to how um is it is it demon hunter difficulty that is the the other uh one that's unlocked from the beginning
0: yeah yeah
1: okay so i i mean i i also played on human difficulty but without the assists and it almost felt too easy yeah. um and I, I know that that is such a a a difficult balance to get right yeah. uh and and i don't i don't envy them having to uh to do that but it it did kind of feel like maybe there should have been a slightly more difficult but not that much more yeah. difficult uh difficulty in there um I, and again like i said i'm not i'm not a game developer i don't know how that would have happened but uh i i i agree with you as well yeah I'm
2: I, I so i ended up feeling like i didn't want to bump the difficulty up because i wasn't i hadn't got to grips with the mechanics and i think given this game by the time you get to the end of it it's very apparent that this game like many other games of its ilk like Resident Evil which is the series this game stemmed out of it's meant to be played multiple times you're meant to develop your skills over time. It's why you can replay it using any character on on any of the missions. And there's loads of stuff I still have to unlock in terms of moves, in terms of uh, developing the character. Um. Uh. And and so, I kind of wish they did more to scale back the move set you have initially. For players that want that, I I wish instead of human being, let's just tone way down the damage that the enemies do keep the damage the same as devil hunter but like spread out like string out so the way some of those are or some of the moves and the weapons are doled out to you i think would be a really interesting way to do it to encourage players to get to know what they have before giving them something new um like the the tutorial pop-ups that were coming up i was trying to keep on top of them but very quickly i got to i just started reading something i was like yeah i'm never going to use that go away I shouldn't feel that way. I, I like games that have complex mechanics that you need to really sink into to try and find it. I'm not particularly good at them, but I'm willing to give it a try. And in this one, there's way too much for me. So Dante, I love the way he plays. I stuck on Trickster the whole time because it's high mobility. You can dodge like nobody's business. Um, and I generally used his sword. Balrog has two movesets. I never actually looked into how to move between them blow-and-kick style. I recognized that sometimes my shoulders were glowing, sometimes my feet were glowing. I,
1: <laughs> yes, that's, that's about I right. I started
2: unlocking to. moves that were only one type or the other, and I've no idea how to use them because I don't know how to switch between them. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot if you haven't played through the series and built up the kind of knowledge of Dante's moveset.
1: It's very customizable, but at the same time, like, there's not... Especially on the lower difficulty levels, there's not really a whole lot of incentive to customize. I did, a, a, again, a very similar thing where I fell into... I, I had basically two sets of uh, of equipment that I would use for Dante. And one was just using the Rebellion plus uh, Ebony and Ivory. And that was kind of the standard stuff in... And I almost never switched out of Swordmaster style, um, but I, I did, you know, that was for most of the time. And then when they start throwing enemies at you that are armored or shielded, I would switch to the the Cavalier, um, which is the bike that he just <laughs> rips in half, which is great. Uh, and um, one of the heavier guns, like I, I liked the, uh, the Kalina Ann. Um, which I found pretty early on, uh, and I don't know if you have to find it or if you um, if you can. Pr- I, I know that you later get the Kalina Anne two as part of the. I don't, know, I don't recall whether you purchase it or whether it's just given to you as part of the storyline. I think it's given to you as part of the storyline. But the first one I found relatively early. Um, so, you know, those two paired up were better for heavier uh, or armored enemies, and that was kind of it. Like, I, I, if I was fighting one type, I would be in the one stance, or the one loadout, and if I wasn't, I was in the other one. So uh, I very rarely touched uh, any of the other stuff. Um, which is a shame, because I bet the hat is really cool if you you get uh, if you get yourself uh accustomed to it but i just never did
0: a common refrain in games when referring to uh, <clears throat> depth versus depth versus breadth is you know this experience is a mariana trench this experience is an ankle deep ocean um i think dante is a entire ocean as deep as the mariana trench i think he is the most complicated and deep while also having the most variety and most ways of play that i've encountered within the character action genre i think this is this character is intimidating in terms of mastery even for the the kind of like most seasoned veteran of you know ninja gaiden bayonetta etc this is a mountain to climb but i had an immense amount of fun climbing it um I think obviously, like I'm a big fan of DMC3, and a lot of the fundamentals of uh, DMC3 are still here. That's where the the style system um, originates. Um, the four styles: Swordmaster, Gunslinger, Trickster, and Royal Guard um they introduced the ability to swap between these um uh in real time in Devil May Cry 4 originally you had to pick one and just stick with it for the entire the entire stage but 4 introduced that but 4 even with the compl- complexity that comes of that kept the number of weapons to a pretty i think you know a reasonable level that you you could like even though there are all these different styles you could get to a degree of mastery um just by learning the the couple of weapons that 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 Dante had access to in that title there are so many weapons in Devil May Cry 5 um that you can swap between and and you have access to like most of them um like pretty much all of them, sorry. Like, like at any point, like you could just swap between all of the weapons that Dante has, and it's just crazy the combos that you can create. Like, um, I found myself just like you know mid combo swapping from Rebellion to 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 Balrog to Cavalier to to King Cerberus, and just seeing what seeing what would happen, seeing what would be created. Um, uh, I I tended to, in terms of styles like I tend to stick to either swordmaster or gunslinger simply because I just just because the, it, my history of the series I I always want to be off on on the offense always on the offense um I I find that just <laughs> destroying the enemy is my best defense rather than than dodging and and blocking I've I feel like I've been negative um. For a large portion of this of this recording um I do think like in just purely in terms of depth and mechanics and I and I by the way and this is not to kind of discredit anything that James said I agree with him a hundred percent this game is not very accessible and it doesn't do a lot to to kind of onboard newcomers but uh, like as somebody who's been with the series for a while like this is the most fun it's been to control Dante throughout the series entire run and it's the the kind of one thing that I point to and go this is like this is my you know this is the series at it's peak not everything about this game is that strong is this strong but this one part of it is is really like up there with the best action games ever created I think it's an astonishing piece of work So there's uh, one last character, um, which um, I believe, James, you've had an opportunity to experiment with that was um, introduced in the special edition version of this game, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Virgil. Um, Could you give us a rundown of your experience of this character?
2: Yeah, so um, more fool me, I didn't actually check from the mission, mission select screen before I'd beaten the campaign once. When I went to start the campaign, it takes you through the story on special edition. Um, You start off right at the beginning um, and play through mission by mission. Some missions you get a choice, other missions you don't. You're forced to play with one character. Um, But then after beating the campaign once, I went into mission select and I could tab over. uh, So I had a list of all the missions I'd already completed. There was my ranking that I'd got for all of those missions and I could choose any of the three characters to play any of those missions. And then if I tabbed over... I could start prologue as Virgil. So you don't start a fresh campaign as him, but you have to play through the missions in order as him. So I couldn't just skip to the last mission as Virgil. So I started on the prologue and I'm kind of up in the air as to whether I just really like Virgil or whether, because I was going back on higher difficulty, but going back to the initial missions, I found the more enjoyable just because I had an understanding of how to play the game, whether or not I was playing with a new character. But... I loved going back to the first, I think, four missions I went through uh, with Virgil. Um, He doesn't have the options that that Dante has, although I've read some stuff that suggests that actually he is a really difficult character to get really good with. But right off the bat, um, he is incredibly mobile, which meant for someone who liked playing Dante as Trickster, being able to teleport around and by default when you dash... Uh, if you're locked onto an enemy, you will teleport to them um, rather than just having to, to kind of dodge side to side and then work your way into them. Um, He is really, really fun. Um, So the way I put it was teleporting gives you high mobility, but the mirage abilities, which I'll come to exactly what that means in a second, uh, mean that you can output some pretty high damage as well. Um, So, he has a devil trigger that is not the same, uh, not not a Virgil equivalent of Dante's. He actually um, spawns a doppelganger, which is like a a, a blue devil, like demon, uh, next to him that uses Yamoto and kind of almost shadows your movements. But and this is one of the bits that I didn't get to, and is makes him quite difficult. Apparently, you can put the doppelganger in four different like modes or stances as to how it will play with you so obviously if you understand how it plays off your what you're doing you might want to choose different stances for that I didn't get into that I just liked having a nice blue demon next to me cutting away with me um he also has a sin devil trigger like Dante um but uh, more like Dante's devil trigger trigger. Um, You can cancel it once you're in. So you still build it by sacrificing your Devil Trigger gauge uh, to build your Sin Devil Trigger gauge. But once you've started it, you can cancel in and out a bit more. So it's uh, again, it's a bit more complex, but it's not all or nothing on that. Um, uh, And that does turn you into an equivalent of Dante's Sin Devil Trigger form where you can fly and you're a, a blue demon flying around. Um, the other thing he has is a concentration gauge, which it builds if you're not getting hit and the kind of slower and more deliberate you are moving and playing. So if you're not kind of playing in a panicked, frantic style, which Virgil's supposed to be patient and really kind of calm and collected. So it's kind of leading into that. Um, you build a concentration gauge and if you fill that, I think you have to fill it. Um, you can stab yourself with Yamoto and actually transform into V. Not with these entirety of his moves, I I wasn't able to use them. I had a really short period of time with him because I wasn't building concentration gauge that much. But that's really cool. So you can kind of do that, which obviously you would only, I I guess, only be kind of adept with if you'd already played through the campaign. Um, Weapons-wise, he has um, Yamato, his uh, katana sword. Uh, Beowulf, which is his version of Dante's Balrog, so uh, punch and kick style weapons. And then he doesn't have Force Edge for lore reasons. Uh, he has instead Mirage Edge, which if you swap two, you actually have Yamato in one hand and then a blue um, like uh, Mirage blade. So it looks like Force Edge, but it's clearly like a, a light beam uh, or uh, like a, um, a magic weapon. I guess it looks like Moonlight Greatsword essentially, um, and right. and you're you're able to so that you're doing a lot more damage with because you've got two swords in hand. Um, And instead of with Yamato, if you do the equivalent of the stinger move, you actually go past an enemy and then like do several really quick sword slashes as you go through them. Um, Whereas with Mirage Edge, it changed some of his moves to be more like Dante's or at least that's how it felt to me. So it was much more like you could do a million stabs version and you could do something more equivalent to stinger um, with, with Virgil um, but his firearms are really interesting. I only had one that I had access to. I think there's only one in the game. It's not really a firearm. It's more just a ranged weapon called Mirage Blade, which in the final fight, he summons like uh, light daggers and starts firing them at you. Um, you have that, but you also have two summoned forms of it where the, the charge for your ranged weapon, you hold square button on a PlayStation controller, X on a... Um, uh xbox pad um and when you charge it you can either charge it and put a ring of blades circling around you or a ring of blades circling around your targeted enemy uh which i didn't do much of i found that if i stuck a ring of blades circling around me and then just went for an enemy it was doing extra damage on top and also protecting me so it was like this really cool shield buff um, I was using it as, and it just meant I was doing so much damage to enemies. It was really good fun.
0: I, 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 I am looking forward to playing as Virgil when the PC version gets, yeah. gets that update briefly want to touch on the the, the enemies that um, make up the majority uh, of the campaign. Um, I found it uh, like it was an interesting mix between kind of fan-favorite designs from DMC 1 and 3 in particular, and some kind of new designs that they introduced in this title. Were there any kind of particular... I, I, I know it's probably asking a little bit too much <laughs> to name them by their actual names, um, but are there any kind of particular... Uh, enemy designs that kind of stood out for the both of you?
1: Not especially. Um, honestly, I I kind of felt like I mean, obviously they were not all the same, but nothing stood out too much to me amongst the the normal enemies. I mean, there, there some of the bosses, which I we're going to talk about here in a minute, um, were were pretty good, I thought. Mm. But oh well, actually, I take that back. There was one set of enemies that really really annoyed me and it was the guys with the shields i hated those
0: guys really okay i i kind of get where you're coming from because they're 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 so defensive that it it, like they break your combo um but i liked i kind of like that they encouraged you to kind of move around and jump around and and be a bit more mobile
2: i definitely made the mistake with them of thinking i needed to break their shield or break their their guard um yeah. rather than realising that what I want to do is dash past them and or wait for them to make an attack and get out of the way of it, and then they leave themselves open. As long as you're not hitting square on their shield, you can absolutely go to town on them, and they don't easily regain their uh, guard stance. So, yeah, that, that made a lot of sense, but I definitely had a couple of moments there where I was trying desperately to break through their shields. And you, you can, you can destroy their shield, but depending upon the weapon you're using, it can be very easy or very, very difficult to do that. So.
0: I, I, I did like, um, and I don't know their official name, um, but the Sonic the Hedgehog Lizards. Oh, the um, Riots? I yeah, want to
2: say yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but, exactly. And there's a Fury, I think, one's called as well, possibly. But one of the bigger ones, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, once you break their their spines, mm-hmm. um, they become pretty easy from there. But I, I liked... Like as a visual, I like them spinning up to attack and and all of that. And uh, I I'm a big fan of big lizards uh, as well. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed them quite a bit. And and I as much as like I complain about appealing to fanboys, and I have done uh, throughout this this recording. I can't help but feel a little bit of joy. Seeing the 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 dorky Grim Reaper dudes from Devil May Cry Three making an appearance as uh, regular regular fodder fodder enemies, I, I I did enjoy that. So yeah, the one the one element I didn't like, and this is seems to be like a recent trend because Doom Eternal does this as well, but having these weird stationary uh plant things that just like stab you feels really. Uh, I don't know. Like, it feels like it's not an enemy that this game would have. Uh, it's it's just fodder to 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 just quickly dispatch of. But they but it's drop health, don't they?
1: Like, I I they thought I, because I mean they only take one hit really to take. I mean maybe that's probably diff- different on uh, other uh, difficulty levels, but yeah, I mean they only took one hit to take out and they dropped health. So I kind of took that as their. They're just another way to get. I, 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 didn't. They didn't really bother me, just because they they were pretty easy and and like I said, dropped health, <laughs> which is always welcome.
0: Um, the bosses in the game. Mm. Um, we don't have. I don't think we have. Um, we don't need to go through all of them, but are there any particular standouts for the two of you? Uh, any particular favorites?
1: So I, I'll, uh, I'll say that I thought the. Um, Penultimate uh boss trio of um Shadow Griffin and Nightmare was pretty was pretty neat yeah it it I mean it's it's one of those things that you probably could have telegraphed you know, a mile away or that probably was telegraphed like a mile away but um yeah when you when you need to uh fight these demons uh at the end uh I I thought that was kind of neat just mm. to you know be um uh, have to actually manage the uh the creatures that you've been using to fight alongside you for this whole time
2: yeah yeah and i guess that kind of leads into what we're talking about earlier with not really knowing whether v was meant to be an antagonist by this stage because his familiars that have been helping him all along the way are now trying to stop dante but there's an aspect to that fight of are they really trying to stop him or are they just trying to better prepare him for what he's going on to do because it it's al- it's not even half-hearted it's almost non-antagonistic the way that they they end up fighting you it's, it's quite uh, a different feel to the boss fight um for me Malthus is a uh, enemy design that is just head-scratching um <laughs> I, I i would say it's your your typical um Spider on the bottom half with a woman on top, except it's not. It's a giant chick on the bottom half with a three-headed half-naked woman on the top half. It's bizarre. But, leaving aside the design, which is just bizarre and kind of weird and grotesque and I'm not sure I'm here for it at all, um, that's a, a fight. So you encounter um, her it as um, Nero trying to... Um, save V, who is being cornered by this creature. Um, And it's really cool because partway through the fight, it starts um, summoning portals and kind of sticking limbs through to try and get to you, which makes it suddenly it's gone from I'm focusing on this thing that's over there to oh no, it's over here as well. It reminded me of um, a Bloodborne fight and someone when I put a video up of that fight uh, mentioned the same thing. It feels like that kind of thing So you're fighting a creature that has... Both um, strong physical attacks, but also magical attacks that are happening around you. It's really, really cool. Um, I really enjoyed that fight, and it also happens to be one that I got a really nice combo to finish the boss off, uh, which was good fun as well. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it.
0: I, I I have two favorites that kind of re- represent like um, very different uh, focuses. Um, so... I really like Goliath as, like, the first kind of proper boss fight um, in the game. Not because he's particularly tough, not because he's particularly complex, but I really like the visual spectacle. Um, I love the kind of cinematic nature of the fight, of you starting off on the top of the building, you smash down, then you you get, like, launched out of the, the building into the area outside, um and just the way he's animated the the particular you know the unique mechanic of him kind of sucking you into his mouth uh his tummy mouth um all of that stuff is visually really really uh really really pretty and really really engaging not tough not particularly complicated once you, once you get you know get your head around him um but i i, I do enjoy that fight as a piece of spectacle um, and then the other extreme for me is is Virgil, the the final boss, in that he's the total opposite. He's very much like mechanics first, systems first, mastery first, and very low on the spectacle. And I really love that encounter for that reason as well. Um, and and also just as, again, like a piece of fan service for me in that Virgil's boss fights in Devil May Cry 3 are the real highlight of that game. Um, and having a fight that evokes that, while throwing in a few different bits and pieces here and there, so that even fans will will be thrown off, was was really exciting and really engaging. Um, somebody I didn't like fighting multiple times though was Urizen. Um, you fight him five times throughout the uh, length of this game. A couple of times you automatic like it's a no win scenario i hate those Um, i said that earlier but i
1: really don't like that if you're gonna make me lose then make me do it at a cutscene. like don't don't make me go into the fight that i can't win i I,
0: and end up using healing items and resources because i don't know yeah (laughs) yeah 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 he it's just like i like the first encounter um oh maybe not the first let's just say I do like the first proper fight with him but it's just it's a little bit much and I wish they hadn't had the um, you're definitely going to lose fights prior to that first fight and I wish there weren't you know a couple more fights after that I think they kind of uh, they basically erode your goodwill towards this 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 character and this design and that fight set up um, as as the game goes on.
2: Yeah, it's almost like they show their hand, which is weird because by the time you're actually fighting him, he's using some of those attacks that you've seen previously in different ways. Certainly by the time you're fighting him at the end of the game, I'm thinking of like the the beam that sweeps over the environment. Well, by the time you're fighting him right at the end of the game, those beams are not coming from a fixed point where he's sitting. They're kind of all around you in the environment, which makes it feel much more dynamic. But... Yeah, it kind of feels like, okay, I've already learned how to fight and how to deal with this stuff while I was busy losing those fights. Maybe the first couple of times we see cutscenes where essentially people go and attack him and just get punched out of the way, maybe that was enough to show what a threat he was and you didn't need to fight him the first couple of times and that would have maybe helped make it more of a spectacle when you did actually stand a chance against him. I kind of get what they're going for, but yeah, I, I didn't particularly enjoy that either. Okay, um, just to finish
0: us out on uh, this section um, of gameplay, um, Angry Kurt from the forum says, So I have only played two Devil May Cry games, the Ninja Fury one, which was my first, and DMC5. Personally, I'm not particularly good at these types of games, so I'm not able to chain up the combos and perform the more impressive moves, but I enjoy the spectacle of the combat. However, I don't like to feel as if I'm just simply mashing buttons with no skill whatsoever. Due to this, out of the two, I preferred the Ninja Fury game, as to me it felt more accessible from a combat point of view, and I felt it was easier to pull off some impressive moves throughout, I felt like a badass whilst playing it. To begin with, I was getting those same feelings in 5, but as the game progressed and as the enemies became harder and more varied, I often resorted to having to button mash more than I would like. That's more a fault of mine than the game's, but I didn't have this same issue with the Ninja Fury game. Another thing I preferred about the reboot was the variety in the environments, which I felt was a lot more colourful and varied in comparison to the pretty grey areas in 5, which didn't really expand beyond city environments until the last section of the game. Overall, I did enjoy 5, but preferred the reboot. It does make me think which of the previous games would be the best to go play next, given all of the above.
1: Probably, uh, not for,
0: probably not four. Probably not four. Definitely not four. Uh, actually, no. definitely not two. Don't, like, four's
2: all right. Don't play yeah, two. Yeah, it's a weird thing because um, four has its yeah. its problems, definitely. But in terms of art style and environment, it's kind of different. Yeah, it's got some different yeah, stuff going true. on than this play, game. Play so. the first
1: half of four and, then, then, <laughs> yeah, um, then,
2: and you're good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You two mentioned um, that you played on human mode, um, so just to run through the the difficulty settings, you got human, which is um, the uh, the 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 mode that it suggests for beginners. Devil Hunter, which is the mode that it suggests for uh, people who are familiar with the genre. Uh, but what unlocks after you complete? I believe. It's only after you complete Devil Hunter. I'm not no. sure if this unlocks. No, it, it, if, oh, yeah, it unlocks
2: after Human, or it doesn't SE, certainly. Yeah.
1: Yes, it does, it oh, does okay. in the Son of Sparta
2: unlocks. The, so, the others yes.
0: don't. S- right. So, yeah, regardless of uh, which difficulty setting you pick, Son of Sparta will unlock after a complete playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, Son of Sparta... Um, uh, makes the uh, harder enemies um that uh, feature in the latter half of the game uh spawn a lot sooner in the earlier parts of the game um it also changes enemy behaviors and also the bo- uh, the boss battles behaviors and patterns as well um so it's not a simple case of um dials being uh, tuned up and down or what have you like there is actual changes in the way enemies behave uh, bosses behave so there's there's reasons to play this uh this mode for more than just uh difficulty um there's also Dante must die uh enemies do twice as much damage and have uh twice as much health that sounds fun um that's unlocked after going through uh son of uh, sparta um and then there's also heaven and hell, which actually you know what I might actually give this a go. Um. Uh. Basically, you and the enemies both die in one hit. Um. Which, like, yeah. I. You know. I. I can. I'm up for a hotline Miami mode. Uh. For. Uh. uh for Devil May Cry. That sounds exciting. So. Um. And
1: l- I want to. I want to yeah. pause you just for a second because I. I see. I think yeah. we're missing one. Um. I believe. Uh. That there is also a Hell and Hell mode. Um. Which is yeah. you die in one hit. The enemies do not. So, yeah. <laughs> if you really want to challenge yourself, yeah. or if you hate yourself, there you go. Yeah,
2: no, not in a million years. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <that>. I'm good. <laughs> and and uh, I, don't know, I, can't, I don't think you mentioned, um, Josh, Heaven or Hell and Hell and Hell are unlocked either by beating Dante Must Die difficulty or by beating yours in the prologue. Huh. So obviously <laughs> that there'll be a cutscene that you still don't win the fight but if you win the fight um, it'll unlock Heaven or Hell and Hell and Hell. So I guess that's a quick way for someone who um, wants to get to Son of Sparta, which obviously changes things about enemy behaviour and boss patterns so you want to get if you're aiming to play at a high level you want to get to that difficulty at least as quick as possible. So if you go in on Human and beat... Um, Yours in, in the prologue, you will unlock higher difficulties that you could start playing at. So that would be a quick way on, say, the SE to get to the the higher difficulties, I suppose. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Um, bef- before I mention the 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 last mm. one that was introduced in the special edition, um, I I will. So I played through this on on Devil Hunter difficulty, mm-hmm. and I haven't really toyed around with the higher difficulties. Um I do at some point want to give like Son of Sparta a go. Um and Heaven and Hell sounds compelling. Uh, I probably in reality will try one stage and then go, yeah, not for me. <laughs> um but that sounds compelling. Um Dante Must Die and um Hell and Hell just sound like no fun at all to me. Um did did either of you I know you play your first playthroughs were on human. Did either of you play with the the other difficulties uh other difficulty settings i
1: didn't but i think that if i go through for another playthrough i might at least try devil hunter um because like i said i i did find the um i i found human difficulty to be pretty easy um but i i think that was good for a first playthrough for me at least um i i wonder i wonder how much harder um the The devil hunter mode actually is so uh yeah i think i would at least give that a shot it's i think actually i don't know is it um is it uh, able to be changed the difficulty level at at any time
2: uh when from stage to stage you can okay yeah so when you go in through mission select which you'll do once you've beaten the game once uh when you (laughs) select every mission you can at that point change the difficulty before you go in so if, if you do go in and try it on Devil Hunter and find it's difficult, you can kick it back down. You can just quit out the mission and restart, or restart the mission and, and um, change it. Um, so when I was playing with Virgil via Mission Select, I was playing on Devil Hunter. It did not feel, well, partly because I was replaying a section of the game I'd already played, partly because I was finding Virgil quite intuitive, um, I c- could not have told you it was any more difficult at all. So... Um, definitely, it's one of those where it's kind of mm, maybe I should kick it up to Son of Sparta because that will change things up in a way that isn't just more, you know, health, health bars, and and damage done. So, um, yeah, that that would definitely be interesting. But uh, Devil Hunter didn't feel on a second playthrough any more difficult than than human to me. So. Um so lastly,
0: and I don't think any of us have actually had a chance to to play this um but in the special edition, legendary dark uh night mode difficulty was added um which essentially significantly increases the number of enemies in each encounter and when when I say significantly, i mean uh Like, if this wasn't on an SSD uh, console, I think it would struggle Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, to render that many characters at once. Yeah, Dynasty Warriors Um, level.
2: Like, not joking. It feels like (laughs) that. It's not that, but it's not far off. Uh, One one example I saw, a room that had, I think, five or six enemies in it had, like, 25 to 30 enemies in it in this mode. It's that much of a difference. It's uh, five times the number of enemies in each room, potentially. So
0: uh, that sounds really novel and interesting, but knowing how I engage with these games, it would. It, it, and and this is with the understanding that all the enemies are the same, you know, level of difficulty. Uh, difficulty that they are normally. Uh, that sounds like hell. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like a nightmare to try and manage that many enemies at once.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it's a completely different game. Uh, in in that respect, like you'd have to unlearn how you would your your go to tactics and strategies. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. Um, a couple of other different modes. Um, there are some secret missions. Um, dotted throughout the campaign <laughs> that you can unlock. I I, um, I
2: love the first one of these. It diverts you from a corridor you're going through, and puts you in a room where there's a really clear like pentagram style design on the wall. Um, and yeah. pops this. Tutorial tip up. I've already complained about those, but here's one that's good fun. Says, oh, if you see one of these, try and line up to make sure it's it's sorted. And when you get close, there'll be a glowing spot on the floor. If you're putting a glowing spot on the floor, I don't need to worry about lining <laughs> stuff up. I just look for the glowing spot. It's weird. It's like a puzzle, but we don't want to make this a puzzle, so stand on the glowing spot. It's <laughs> just And that said,
1: um I the first one was the only one I found. Like there were a couple of other spots where like I could see that it was definitely in the area like I can see that this mm. I should be looking for something. I'm like I just couldn't be bothered, I guess.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I mean I must confess I didn't do many of these. I think there's something there are things that I would seek out in another playthrough. Yeah. Um Some but- of the
2: challenges are um quite good actually. It reminds me of uh a not quite the same but a similar um version to uh why am I blanking Bastion? Um, where the secret missions are all designed to show you something about how to use the mechanics that you might not have thought to be able to do otherwise. So um, the f- the first one's just a combat one, but the second one I found was get from one end of this level to the other without touching the ground using the, um, the little orbs in the sky where you have to um, hold right bumper and and then use your dash to to zip to them um, as each character and some of them you have to shoot first so it's teaching you how to do that and chain those moves together in a way that teaches you how to be more mobile another one was uh, beat all of these enemies uh whilst staying off the ground for 15 seconds um which is all possible in the mechanics but unless you really think about how to use the mechanics to do that it might not be something that you're practiced in doing which is cool.
0: There's also the bloody palace which essentially is a series of challenge rooms that you uh go through they you know start out easy and then end up getting really 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 hard. Um I think this is where Dante uh, really shines um post uh post you know campaign um just having access to all of those um uh different weapons and different systems of play um really comes alive when you're you're pushed to the absolute limit of your ability um yeah, it's really good um and then there's the void uh which is where I think a lot of the uh recent sun high uh videos are featured um showing off the combo potential of the game. It's essentially just a practice area. Um yeah. it's not that exciting but I appreciate that it's it's there.
2: Yeah, it look, looks a bit like um, Assassin's Creed when you used to be able to run around while you were loading in the animus um that kind of thing. Um yeah, fr- yeah, sure, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um I think it's it's good that there is an option to try moves before you uh unlock them. Um unfortunately for one of them that um is a late dodge before you get hit and allows you to counterattack. The enemy that it puts in there doesn't attack you, which somewhat renders the ability to try out a move where you dodge before an attack a little moot, but it's a good idea to have that in there. It's always good to be able to see what the move is and try it out and see if it's something you would you would make use of. So that's cool. We we need to
0: talk about um the aesthetics of the game. So um this uh forum piece from Skrussel um When this game first got announced, I admit I was pretty disappointed with the first impression. I'd been waiting for a decade for a direct follow-up to DMC4, with a lot of that period looking like it might never happen. And then this game is revealed with the huge change in art style that at first I found really off-putting. Aesthetically, I'm still somewhat ambivalent on the game. I do still miss the atmospheric gothic anime style from the older games, but this new photorealistic style has its benefits too. And it thankfully hasn't resulted in the game trying to tone down the -the over-the-top animations and effects of combat. It's still oozing style and personality. The new lighting and particle effects mean it's just as visually exciting as ever. It does, however, mean that a lot of the early environments of the game are somewhat dull, focusing on the rubble-strewn cityscape. Later areas are more interesting, though, as you enter the demonic zones that have a mix of colourful beauty and grotesque fleshiness. The HUD has a few neat touches as well, with how it looks like broken glass, as if the game is breaking through your TV screen, and even refracting the image in the broken shards. The character models are amazing too. While at first I thought they looked somewhat awkward in screenshots, in motion they look far better with how the subtle animation details really bring out the emotions of the characters in a way that works very well with their larger-than-life personalities. Yeah, so this game looks very, very different from not only um, the previous entry to this DMC, but the older... Uh, classic Devil May Cry uh, games as well as as Kressel mentioned. It's really moved away from the kind of over the top anime anime ish style of the the original titles and gone for this photo real uh, style. I think a lot of that is to do with the RE engine. Um, like how how do you like we've mentioned it previously in this recording? But how do you how do you two feel about the implementation of the the re engine and the more photo style
1: yeah i i i liked it um i'm not extremely uh attached to the uh the style from the other games uh i i think that there is definitely a path that they could have gone down with a more exaggerated or um kind of stylized look to the game but this is what they chose and i i think it i think it works pretty well um bit of uncanny valley which is uh not uh, you know it's it's not uh uncommon in in the Ari engine type games uh but i didn't think it really hurt anything um for me at least
2: yeah there was definitely stuff that i felt it did much better than than other like i think the characters look great they're not aiming for fully the photorealistic style that re2 and i guess probably three i haven't played that um the the remakes aimed for uh in terms of the character faces and the the facial animations and stuff they they definitely still um they have a more photorealistic look to them like dante and um and virgil and nero but uh it it still works with the -the over-the-top nature and the anime style um and all the grotesquerie that we've mentioned, um, Urizen with having like the organic armor growing on top of him, thought that looked um, looked perfectly good. But I did notice that um, Dante and Virgil's um, devil trigger and sin devil trigger forms, well, the sin devil trigger form particularly where they're in they're flying, um, that looked a bit like a toy like a rendering of of a toy figure in a way that the other characters and enemies and bosses didn't necessarily. So there was some designs that that weren't so uh, blood and gore and guts that didn't kind of work as well, I didn't think, Uh, where um, Dante and Virgil's uh, forms in Sin Devil Trigger form are more like elemental stuff, and it kind of looked a bit hollow and plasticky uh, to to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I um I like it overall. Um I think the character character models look great. I think my my one complaint is is mainly that the RE engine is so clearly custom made for the Resident Evil series because the things it does well are so core to the fe- the look and feel of Resident Evil like it is so good at you know conveying that grotesque horror and devil may cry isn't really it's not even though it has horror dna it's not a horror game like it's an action game and some of the the more horrific designs do do kind of clash with the tone a little bit um and and there's also just that general feeling of like why does Resident Evil get its own custom engine and Devil May Cry, a supposedly, you know, successful series in its own right, kind of just oh I'll just make that in the RE engine, it'll be fine. Uh it kind of feels like, you know, a but you know, a cost saving like that seems so weird to say because this game looks amazing yeah, at points, yeah. but it does feel like a cost saving measure. Um, on the part of the yeah. the development, I, I don't of this think game. it ever
2: quite felt like shoehorning something into the Frostbite engine as EA did. It never yeah. feels like that. But there's there's yeah what they clearly developed this engine, put a lot of money and time into it, and not allowing this team to either tweak or add on to that engine in a way that would suit their game. It it shows in spots, yeah, which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I think I think the one thing I miss. Because I'm fine with the mm-hmm. photorealism. I think the one thing I miss is the, the colour and the vibrancy. Yeah. I think the the demonic world as depicted in Devil May Cry 3 is much more varied and all over mm. the place in terms of inspirations, whereas this all felt body horror. Yeah. And that's fine, but I would have liked to have seen more variety. Yeah. Um. There's also the audio of this game. I think the sound design is very much of a piece with the rest of the series. Um, I hate the soundtrack. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just—I ca- I can't say
1: that I'm a fan. I mean, it—it it fits, I guess, but oh god, it's <laughs> the kind of music that that V would listen to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's very early two thousands. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. We- um, so the genre that i descriptor mm. that i found for for the soundtrack is electro techno pop rock um which immediately um fil- fills me with revulsion because just dis- just pick one <laughs> uh is my opinion
1: <laughs> i have to imagine that and and if if it wasn't already i'm requesting it now i have to imagine that that God awful Devil Trigger song is going to be either the intro or the <laughs> outro music for this episode. Please.
0: Yeah. And, it, and it's funny because, like, in some ways, like the previous soundtrack, like Devil May Cry 3 also has a very kind of early 90s feel to it in terms of tone. But I like, as goofy as it is and silly as it is, I like the DMC 3's kind of adolescent heavy metal way more than i than i like this um and i couldn't really put my i can't really put my finger on what the difference is but i I, and maybe i think maybe it's because of this descriptor i think it's trying to be all things at once whereas i think previous titles kind of leaned in on one style specifically um but this this feels like every track just feels like too much it's it's all trying way too hard
2: yeah i wonder if that's um partly to do with having multiple protagonists in that dmc1 and dmc3 what little i've seen of dmc3 seem much more focused on dante's kind of 2000s metal industrial metal um kind of music and aesthetic and he seems like that sort of that sort of style of guy you know he's He's got a bit of bravado about him and he's all just kind of aggression and and that kind of thing. And then, it, I don't know, it feels like some of the extra influences they've added in are to try and reflect the fact that that's not necessarily who Nero and V are, um, but that's still what the series is and Dante is still the character that the series is kind of pinned around. So, I, yeah, I would have preferred if they just stuck to kind of yes it's aggressive and yes it's very much still of its time in in the early 2000s but just stick to something that's more straight metal it works perfectly well for doom to have an industrial metal soundtrack um you can do something similar to that here without needing to lean on the speed of that you can get a little bit more orchestral with it but um but yeah it's it's weird all right so we've got uh, two more pieces of forum
0: correspondence. If you want to hear your voice on these issues of Canyon and Rince, please head over to KaneandRince.com slash forum and find the thread where we're talking about up-and-coming uh, titles in that particular volume. So, um, James, please read this first um, one. Sure.
2: From the forum, Edel Potato says... DMC5's combat is the best in class. Sorry Bayonetta, you had a good innings. Dante's more responsive and flexible than ever. Nero's style has deepened considerably since his debut and I thoroughly enjoyed playing as V once I got my head around his playstyle. Which I'm going to call 4th person action. I was partway through my DMD run when the penny dropped that I should always be pumping Devil Trigger into Griffin and Shadow so they automatically take care of business. Leaving V free to catch up on his reading in peace. Like everything else, it's totally daft, supremely satisfying, and looks incredible in motion. Less appealing to me are the aesthetics, both visual and conceptual. I too was disappointed that Capcom decided to return to classic DMC rather than revisiting the vastly more interesting Ninja Theory verse. Aside from the deathly dull environments, its conception of what's cool and badass just feels outdated to me. Nowhere is this more glaring than its treatment of its female characters. Neither Lady nor Trish have a character trait between them. They barely serve as plot devices. They are things to be rescued, in the nude no less, and ogled, and that's it. Even Nico, the sole likeable character in the game, is viewed through this leering adolescent lens that felt indefensible in 2019. You could argue that none of this matters to the gameplay and you'd be right. I had a great time with this game in spite of these issues. The mechanics are rock-solid and polished to perfection. It's just aggravating that in order to enjoy the gameplay, one must tolerate such retrograde, infantile, and exclusionary aesthetic trappings, especially when they already did away with them back in 2013. Thank
0: you. Um, And Leah, can you read our second post?
1: Sure. This is uh, more from Scrussell, who says, Obviously the star of the show here is the Fantastic Combat System. Easily one of the best in any game to date. Not only is it brilliantly stylish and kinesthetically gratifying, it has a ton of depth that makes it endlessly satisfying, making repeat playthroughs really rewarding. Nero is easy to get to grips with, and has great mobility yet has a lot to dig into as well, especially with the new Devil Breaker system that improves his moveset over DMC4 and allows for a more dynamic playstyle. Although I can see why some people don't like how they can break off, I never found it much of a problem in practice. Dante is complex and intricate in a way that is almost overwhelming, pushing the capabilities of a traditional controller to the limit with his biggest arsenal to date, yet still managing to be remarkably comprehensible. While he can be somewhat hard to get your head around initially, his absurd level of options provide a joyfully excessive toy box of tools to play around with. With both characters, you can spend upwards of dozens or even hundreds of hours learning the ins and outs of how their abilities work and what you can do with them, allowing you to pull off some incredible things if you put in the time. It results in this great system where you have a lot of creativity, to the point where if you watch what expert players can do, it looks like they're not even playing the same game. Although that does leave out V's combat mechanics, which unfortunately I've never really enjoyed all that much. While I appreciate the attempt at innovation trying to come at this style of game from a completely different angle, I'm not too fond of the result. In comparison to the other characters, V feels kind of passive and uninvolving. It too often feels like you don't have enough control over your familiars and that there isn't much incentive to dig into his abilities. Even after five playthroughs, I never felt I could rely on the familiars to do what I intended. And when you look at high-level players, it doesn't have that same quality of looking like they are doing something that is on another level. Thankfully, you aren't forced to, forced to play as him for many missions. Astral Chain does a far better job at a similar kind of gameplay concept. But aside from that, the combat is sheer excellence. Incredibly fun and cleverly designed, it's like a high watermark for the genre that involves and refines what came before to new levels. DMC5 is a truly brilliant experience that embraces its nature unapologetically. It feels like a celebration of its own mechanics and legacy inviting you on for the ride. It sets a new bar in quality for action games by being a culmination of many years honing the genre. It fulfills its potential impressively and sets the stage for a very bright future for the series.
0: Thank you very much to all our uh, contributors on the forum. Um, and now we move over to the Twitter sphere and uh, look at our free word reviews. If you want to send us a free word review, head over to at Kane and Rince on Twitter and look out for the call out for free word reviews for any given issue uh, just before our recordings. Um, James, please start us off.
2: Kurt Lewin says lots of grey.
0: Caliburn M says button mashing heaven
1: Knight Twitten says super hand crusher uh,
2: Simon Nelson says V for variety
0: John Cheatham says V surprise favourite
1: Simply Wonderful says Royal Guard always Royal Guard Is
2: that three words or five? It's a good question I, I le- I le- <laughs> I, It's very nicely done Benefit of the doubt Benefit of the doubt Finally, Justin Howard says, "Triple S combo." I wish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All that's left is to give our summaries, um, starting with James.
2: I seem to be on a bit of a run of late, coming into shows, thinking I'm going to be really negative and ending up not being. And this time around, it happened before we started recording, so it's not purely just speaking to Leah and Josh and hearing their hearing their experiences and uh, wonderful thoughts, but. I stand by this game does not do a great job of onboarding less experienced players. That's that's fine. That's, that's the developer's choice of how they want to do that. But they're making an effort to do that, and I just don't think they're focusing in a way that helped me. Uh, and I, that doesn't speak for everyone. It's just my experience. But um, my first playthrough, I was getting near the end of thinking I kind of just wanted to be, done with the game, I didn't really feel like I'd been able to make the best of the tools that were put in front of me, um, and the aesthetic stuff, the story, the, the way that certain characters in the game were handled, it, there was just a lot of stuff putting me off, but I knew I wanted to try Virgil, and when I did, I suddenly found a like, renewed vigour for uh, the, the game, which is something that I wish I'd felt much, much sooner. Um, it's, it, yeah, it, I I now I'm sitting here thinking maybe I should go back and, and play through DMC1. I got about halfway through. Maybe I could go back and play through that and then three and replay four and get to the point where I could come to five and feel like I could really get stuck into the mechanics or even just carry on playing as Virgil in five. So that I'm coming out of, today's uh, finishing the game, starting a second playthrough in this discussion, that much more interested is a testament to the sorts of depth and the sorts of experiences that this game can offer. Um, this The second thing that's making me think I should go back is it's a weird quirk of the controls in this game that because you have to hold block on all the time, which I know why, so you can release, uh, sorry, hold lock on all the time with the right bumper... It's so that you can release and put that back on quickly. Um, Toggling between targets never really worked that well in my experience, so I always had lock-on and I was always locked on one enemy. I found my fingers slipped down and occasionally hit the trigger by accident, and I would switch weapons by accident, and it would more often than not make my combos better when that happened. So this game, almost in spite of itself, I have found myself enjoying because... I just happened to stumble into doing something that the game never really got me to do of its own accord with both Virgil and changing up weapons. I'm starting to get an inkling of what it is about this game that I could really find to love and I've gone from kind of being baffled at why this game might have an 89 or 90 aggregate review score to thinking I could kind of see myself wanting to play this through three, four, five times. Start scratching the surface of what can be done in this combat system. And in the face of, in the install odds, that's kind of a remarkable thing. Um, I would say it, for anyone who is kind of disappointed by the negatives that I've talked about, I'm starting to see what you love about these games. And that's really cool uh, to, to be able to see that finally.
0: Leah.
1: Yeah, so um, I don't think that I will play this game a bunch more times, and I'm definitely not going to play it again immediately. But I can see coming back to it maybe at some point in the future because um, I I I did enjoy what I was doing. Uh, I thought it was um, it was satisfying to kind of rack up hits uh despite not being super great at uh, the at, at the combat system of devil may cry in general or this game specifically um, i i i'm probably like I, I think i said this before um, but i'm i'm probably somewhere in between button mashing and actually you know legitimately <laughs> figuring out combos um, which is where i tend to land on most of these types of games but it is definitely a point in devil may cry 5's favor that it made my level of non-expertise feel pretty good uh and and kind of made me want to get to a point where i could do some of that more intentionally than than not so um i i i liked the, uh, the it, it's definitely not a perfect game um there there are things about the aesthetic and about some of the characters and about some of the Uh, kind of lack of accessibility and um, training options not being wonderful that we have discussed that might put a lot of people off. Uh, And to that, I, I guess I would say if you're A fan of the series anyway you've probably already played this game if you're not i don't think it's a terrible place to jump on if you happen to catch a a decent sale or or if any of this just sounds interesting if you have seen some videos and you think that you might want to give it a shot um yeah so i uh in, in conclusion i guess i would say that it's it's not my favorite devil may cry game Um, I think that's still just the DMC reboot, but I had fun playing it and uh, I would uh, tentatively recommend it.
0: I feel like I love one section of this game really, really intensely and feel pretty middling about all the rest of it. I feel pretty confident in saying that I think the combat and the mechanics of pretty much all of the characters you play as but in particular Dante are um you know they're my favorite in the series I think it's it's now the kind of the gold standard that the 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 series should measure itself against but and and you know given that that's the core of the game you'd think okay logically then this must be your favorite game in the series the fact that it lacks those other um components around it or or at least not lacks those components are not not of the same standard means that devil may cry free is still ultimately my favorite of the series because it has deep combat but it also has a personality that i am more engaged with has a story as silly and stupid as it is that i'm more engaged with it has a cast of characters that i'm more engaged with and it has an art style um and and audio style that i vastly prefer um i think also dmc devil may cry as much as i think the combat system is probably weaker than both of those games just completely swings to the fences in all other regards i think it is intensely memorable in a way that this game despite its benefits uh of uh, the benefit of having a more complicated combat system isn't um so it's a favorite but not you know an all-time favorite i think it's a game that i'll return to to try out you know different modes and stuff like that but not something that's going to linger in my memory and and take up space and you know set up camp in my brain the way those other two titles have done in the past um i recommend it and if you're new to the series um Uh, well maybe maybe based on what James said maybe not maybe this isn't a perfect entry point but I think it it does showcase a lot of what people love about this series it's just not my favourite cool um, it remains for me to to say um, thank you to James and thank you to Leah uh, and thank you to uh, editor Jay, who will have uh, quite the task ahead of him uh, on this one, uh, as well as uh, all of our correspondents and, and plus, of course, you for listening. Thank you so much. I've been Josh. And next time in issue 449, we'll be heading to New Donk City as we take on Super Mario Odyssey.